Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer from the home office along with Brendan Escott on a game day. That's right, a game day. The Edmonton Oilers and... The Calgary Flames, a exhibition game before the start of the qualifiers. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, for 45 minutes, Mark Spector, and then out of Calgary, Peter Labardius. Uh, Mark Spector's appearance is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. They present live racing Friday and Sunday evenings out at Century Mile. No spectators allowed in quite yet, but you can go online at hbibet.com to watch and wager. As we head off to the River Create Resort and Casino Hotline. We are pleased to be joined by Sportsnet Spec. Mark, how are you? Oh, pretty fair. Bobby, it's nice to have a... When was our last game day? It would have been March 11th, right? Winnipeg in town. Yes. Last time we got to go to a hockey game. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of jonesing for a face-off here, aren't you? Yeah, well, you get a go to the game. Uh, I know we got texters asking, Bob, what about the, you mentioned the national broadcast. They're the ones in the house. Uh, the the various regional broadcasters. I mean, even, I believe even Mike Emmerich is doing games from his house uh, for NBC down in the States. But we had Craig Simpson on, as you know, uh, Speck and uh, Simmer and uh, Jim Houston will do the games out of Toronto for Montreal and Toronto. And then, uh, obviously, out of Edmonton, Louis DeBrus and Chris Cuthbert for the uh, the Oilers series, the Flames Winnipeg series, and the Vancouver series. So there you go. Chris Cuthbert on Sportsnet. How do you like that? That's pretty good one-two punch down the middle. Uh, That's we'll pretty get... good one-two punch I just, down the middle. So, it is. Some, something has uh, just moved here. Uh, the Oilers have just pushed out that uh, defenseman Ethan Bear will honor his indigenous heritage during tonight's Battle of Alberta exhibition game by displaying his jersey name bar in Cree uh, mm-hmm. syllabics. So there you have it. That's uh, I know pretty that cool. our, our, we had uh, Jack Hooks in a mutual acquaintance of yours and mine on the show last week to talk about the fact that the Ethan Bear and Kyler Yamamoto jersey that uh, paid homage to uh, uh, Bears' Cree heritage and Yamamoto's Japanese heritage. Uh, there had been a mass uh, uh, purchasing of those, so that's uh, a cool thing that Ethan Bear is doing tonight. So where do you want to where do you want to start things here? Uh, this isn't really like other exhibition games, is it tonight? No, no. Uh, it was interesting. I was listening to Simmer uh, on your show just uh, preceding me and. Uh, there's just so there, there's more questions than answers. We all have so many questions, you know. Like there's 24 goalies that are supposed to be the starters in this thing. Well, some of them are going to not be very good, you know. But which ones, right? Whose goalie is going to show up? Whose isn't? Edmonton has two goalies. Which one of them is going to be, you know, emerge? Right? Calgary seems to have two goalies. I'm not sure they know who their starter is, Bob. And that's just one position. Like there's just there's so many questions. Team defense, you know. Uh, our, our systems play, power play, special teams. Uh, you know, how are they going to be after this pause? There's a lot of question marks, man. I just want to start playing and start getting some answers. All right. Do you, do you do you agree or disagree with this uh, 
this perspective. I'm not sure the Oilers can match the lofty status that their special teams had in the regular season, but I expect the team to have a better five-on-five shot share uh, because of the additions that were made after Christmas. They, they should be a better five-on-five team. Do you agree or disagree with either of those two statements? Yeah, I think both are true. I think that that you know the playoffs tends to round out the statistical uh, table a little bit, right? Guys who score a hundred points. You know, or, or let's say 1.2 points per game in the regular season, that goes down to maybe 0.8 in the playoffs. And teams that operate at 29.5 on the power play, that's they don't operate that high, generally speaking, in the playoffs. So, yes, you know what? These two special teams, they're still the best two special teams in the playoffs, but their numbers will change. Their numbers will come down. And, uh, but you know what, Bob, that's. You know, they, I think the thing for the Oilers is their five-on-five five play was really affected by the December they had. They were so bad in December that if you add up all their five-on-five five numbers, frankly, Chicago's are better in a lot of right. occasions. So that will change because down the meat of the schedule near the end, in January, February, March, I mean, it was a much better five-on-five five team. Does it matter that McDavid and Drysaddle are arrested? I mean, Leon was number one in time on ice for forwards. Connor was number three. By the way, Clefbaum was number five on defense, and Ethan Bear was number one amongst all rookies. Um, the, it, especially with McDavid and Drysaddle centering uh, different lines, does that rest help or hurt the Oilers? Well, it's, again, it's you know, does that rest? I would say to you, Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane are older and need the rest more. You know, does it make them better players? Right, because they're obviously well rested too. Uh, rest is something that's equal on all sides. I would say for McDavid, I'm looking at McDavid like, I think we've talked this over, Paul. I'm looking at McDavid like the guy on the second season after a serious knee injury, you know, and that player always has a better second season than his first season. And uh, I think McDavid, I mean, there's no secret here. He's been by far the best player in the ice at camp. And I think this four months of proper restoration and working out and, re, you know, there's not just rehab, he's working out unlike last summer i think that's the biggest factor of the rest is you got a guy who's entering like he's entering the second season after a big injury and that guy's always a better player than he was the first season what do you say to the people that say the scrimmages are irrelevant they don't matter they don't mean they don't mean anything they mean something you know they mean something but uh, you know i'll say this i got a tweet from remember brad hammett sure st albert saint sure playing the western league yeah Right, yeah. good hard-nosed player. I was talking to him. Or I was I was tweeting about Broberg, and he said, "You know, he, the tweet." And I paraphrase was, "Broberg's been good, sure, but no one's hitting him in practice, and no one's hitting him in scrimmages, right?" And yep. that's true. No one's yeah. running the young Swedish nineteen-year-old in those scrimmages at the community arena. So it's a whole lot different when you get out in the ice in a playoff scenario, right? Where where the hits are coming and the game sped up, and the other team doesn't like you very much. So none of those things happen in scrimmages, Bob. I think we'd agree on that. The, the, the one thing I, I found funny is I did get some tweets on the weekend and texts on the weekend uh, from people. Wow, so-and-so at this place says this, says it's, you know. And I'm like, well, I never actually saw bro- that, that individual down at any of the scrimmages that took place. So, yeah. uh, you know, and only only Saturday's scrimmage was available via the web. Um it, you know, it's it's kind of again. We had we had Ken Holland on yesterday, Mark. You know, and I know 
that the coach and the general manager are they, they would come on there's no way to ignore what he did granted there wasn't hitting but there was no way to ignore what he showed in practice and in the scrimmages when he's beating some of the best players on the oilers the open spots on the ice and walking guys coming up the ice and playing with the fluidity like you know what it's just like ethan bear like ethan bear to me was the best of the top four defensemen he really looked poised and didn't look like a guy that's played his first full nhl season like he looked like a, a an intelligent veteran player that know, knew how to play and make plays well broger broberg it was impossible not to notice him out on the ice yeah, and, you know, let's look back, right? Let's think back of the last time, you know, we, we saw a young 19-year-old Oilers defenseman stand out in the crowd that much. Like, I'm trying to think of who that, you know, who was that player? Ethan Bear didn't do it when he was 19. I mean, he really emerged, obviously, this season. And there's a nice player there. But, you know, he's played a couple of years of pro, right? This kid, Broberg, like, I know it's all relative. Sure, no one's hitting him, but no one's hitting all the other guys out there either. <laughs> you know, it's a fair playing field on that ice. And, uh, yeah. We can argue about him and who's ahead, him and Bouchard and all that stuff. I don't care. But I'm just telling you, and you just said it, you went to those rinks every day. I went to those rinks pretty much every day. And that kid stood out on a daily basis. He's a against nice Against NHL players. Like, I think back, Mark, we went to one of the fun events we get to do for all the folks that are listening online out is in Penticton, Okay. I like yeah. that tournament. I like that tournament to start the year. It's, it's a great way to kind of work your way into it. Yep. And against rookies, okay, not against NHL players, because this is against NHL players, but against rookies in 2013, Darnell Nurse uh, and Oscar Clefbaum were there for the Oilers on Edmonton's defense. And neither of them against a bunch of other rookie teams with seven guys going back to junior and three guys going to the CIS and four guys in on American <laughs> Hockey League contracts. N- neither of those two players looked the same way Broberg looked playing against real NHL players and beating some of the top players in the game on plays. And that's why he got the sort of stink eye a couple times from his teammates like, who the blank is this guy? Because when you're getting walked like that, and that's part of it, right, is the skating, Mark. Like, the, when a guy skates at that size, because there's, there's, there's some defensemen that aren't super explosive fast skaters when they're skating forward. They've got great lateral movement, and they can pivot and do all those things defensively, but they don't have electrifying. Like, he had speed like Jay Bomeister had speed coming out of junior. Like, right. that's kind of, that's the gait and the pace that he could skate at. And it was like, whoa. So, uh, and that said, we don't, you know, I don't expect, maybe he does play tonight, maybe he doesn't. How would you, here's what we'll do. We're going to go to break, Mark for a minute here. We'll come back and I'm going to ask you how the Oilers should approach tonight's exhibition game against the Calgary Flames. All right? All right. Sounds good. 116 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. It's 119 in Edmonton. Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta joining us in Oilers Now, and it's great to have Spec as little-known fact uh, he turned down a job with Cambridge at, uh, Analytica because he didn't want to help Donald Trump win the 2016 election uh, to stay as a sports guest. <laughs> have you seen uh, the documentary yet, Great Hack, that's out on Netflix? I have not. I would uh, strongly, for our listeners out there that 
are from the perspective that they don't want to be told uh, what or how to think, uh, but want to be open-minded and maybe uh, accept uh, different political views and opinions on things. It's a pretty interesting story about uh, uh, basically how Cambridge Analytica used information from Facebook to target voters to help swing elections it's uh, really if you have any interest in politics i'd highly recommend it hey we got a game day we got the edmonton oilers and the calgary flames going in on a preseason game i don't know if there'll be any political statements on the ice in this exhibition game mark how would you approach this um are you nervous at all i mean calgary's uh, you know got some physical bennett's a physical player likes to run around uh, there's a guy named Matthew Kachuk that uh, stirs it up as well as anybody. They got Lucic. They can dress an extra forward. Maybe they dress Zach Ronaldo. Like, they got some feisty guys. Uh, how would you handle it? How would you approach this? Well, I predict that this will be as team and a battle of Alberta as we've seen. Bob and you know it was going in the other direction. We got we got three beauties this season. And, you know, here we were heading, like, the had the season just ended on March 11th. The Oilers and Flames were going to play each other, were they not? Yep. Uh, in the playoffs, and we were just salivating over that, believe me. But I, I do believe that tonight is there is just no time in a one-game preseason for, you know, a bunch of guys running around and, and doing the stuff that we all love, you know. But I don't think we're getting any goalie fights tonight. I don't think Matt Kachuk, I think, is going to be working on his game, not working on getting under guys' skins. Zach Cassian is not going to risk a suspension against a team that the chances are they're never going to see Calgary again all season here uh, yeah. after tonight. So I think, you know what, I'm looking forward to tuning in or going again watching some hockey. I am not expecting to go to the game and see mayhem like I would have if we were doing game one of uh, Calgary Edmonton, were you down in Cal- were you down in Calgary for that uh, game in well, oh, yeah. late late you were you were there for that one eh? late January yeah. early February that was pure that was beauty a, Bob it was an beauty. old old fashioned nineteen eighties canoe tipper out there man like you, <laughs> you had lots of goals even I mean even at the end of the game right like uh, Haas gets the breakaway and Kachuk hauls him down and then Haas. You know, goes into the end boards, can, can, can chuck cheap shots, um, and Patrick Russell's out there, last shift of the game in an 8 3 game, sticking guys, and oh yeah. man, you had Gagne. I never, saw, I, I never saw a home crowd enjoy an 8 3 licking <laughs> against their team that much. Like the people in Calgary loved that game, and they got stomped 8 3, and all of them walked out of the rink with a smile on their face. <laughs> and Ethan Bear just added to his, uh, uh, you know, emerging icon-like status in this marketplace when he squared mm-hmm. up and went toe-to-toe with Matthew Kachuk, right? Who could have, by the way, picked a fight with Darnell Nurse in that 5-5 five and five melee? Let's not forget Sam Gagne got a chance to even a score with Mark Giordano. And I don't know about you, but when I saw Mike Smith square off with Cam Talbot, I was thinking... Uh-oh, Talbs, you could be in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, Mike Smith's a big, mean hombre when he wants to be. So I totally gave Cam Talbot credit for giving, you know, on a hockey night in Canada and a full house in Calgary, giving everybody what they wanted. Like, you know, in his heart of hearts, Cam Talbot probably went out the center thinking, this might not end well, <laughs> you know, because he's a smart guy and he's not – he does. He's not the has some the aggressive nature that Smith has. He's not as big, but give him credit, man. He gave us a, a hell of a spectacle. The last goalie fights, I've forgotten when the stat was, but it was years and years before. Yeah. Uh, my hats off to Cantel, but he took one for the team there, Bobby. 
You know, it's funny because we did an event for the Children's Advocacy Center in Calgary a couple summers ago. A great guy named Terry uh, Lowen, who played in the Western Hockey League. Uh, he's a build, he's a builder in Red Deer, and we were down there, and it was, you know, for Albert, Edmonton and Calgary, and there were 12 members from the Flames and 12 members from the Oilers. There were a bunch of the alumni for both teams. And, look, Red Deer is an Edmonton town. It's like 70% Oilers fans in that market. It's an awesome, awesome community. And I had somebody say to me from the Flames team, you know, I said, well, weren't you guys, you know, like when Lucic went and gave Smith a shot, because uh, that was in the 2017-18 season, Mark, I go, weren't you sitting there thinking, you know, somebody's got to jump in here, and we're like, what are you talking about? Smith's the toughest guy on our team right now. <laughs> like, it was... Because <laughs> oh, yeah. Tanner Glass ended up... Tanner Glass's last NHL fight was against Milan Lucic that night, because he had to fight him. And Tanner Glass, Mark, is not much bigger than me. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. he's not a six foot two plus two hundred and twenty pound guy. Like it, you know, and he took a he took a bit of a you know, and Milan thought he was going to stop once and he didn't. So then Milan, of course, now Milan's playing for the other team. So we've got this intriguing matchup. By the way, Calgary and Winnipeg. Who are you going to take? Oh, I got the Jets in that for sure. Uh, I think the Jets are. You know, we we often talk Bob about how Eastern scribes don't get a chance to watch western games and i think that a a smaller version of that is not enough people pay attention to the winnipeg jets you know i've had the good fortune of covering them in the last couple of playoffs uh i think they're a really good team mark shifley when they if in the next olympics mark shifley's on that team all day long blake wheat is on his team all day long you know morrissey is a really nice Good defenseman, they, and and uh, I gave uh, Hellebuck, uh, or I would give Hellebuck my Vesna vote if I had one. So I think they're a really good team. They're healthy now. They were hurt all season, and I think they'll be too much for Calgary. Bob, what do you think? Uh, you ready for this? They, I, I, Hellebuck gives them a massive advantage of goal. I think Calgary's defense is considerably better than Winnipeg's. Calgary's okay. deeper. Yep. And don't forget, they added Forbert. They added Gustafson. So they added another puck mover in their third pairing. Not sure how uh, Gustafson makes you. Well, that's. I guess we're about to find out. That's fair. That's a fair comment. But, you know, Winnipeg's defense a year ago on the right side compared to now. You know, a year ago they had Myers, they had Truba, and they had Buff. They don't have any of those guys now on the right side. Uh, yeah. P- yeah, they, got, had, they got such a bad spin from Bufflin on that whole thing. Like, yeah. In the end, yeah. they would have just kept Myers. Even if you let Truba go and you don't have Bufflin, at least you say, okay, well, now we can afford Myers, who's a, yeah. a very, very valuable, good defenseman. He's a top four right shot defenseman. So For I sure. give Calgary the advantage on, uh, let's not forget, Mark Giordano won the Norris Trophy last year. I give Calgary the advantage in defense. Um, you know, Winnipeg's got five really good forwards. Calgary's got some different dimensions. With some, mind you, Winnipeg had a pretty good when they when that Lowry line was really going with Cop was yep. a pretty good. I, I'm going to call the upset. I'm going to take Calgary in five in that series. Okay, I'm, well, that'll, I, you know what? It, it, I think it, it, it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it runs on opposite days to the Oilers series. Correct? Yeah. So, so uh, that's that's the yeah. beauty. We'll be watching that one on TV every second night uh, when the Oilers are not playing. Uh, Calgary, Winnipeg, man, come on! Those that takes me back to Gary Roberts and Dave Ellett. Like they always, you know what? Winnipeg had Calgary's number back in those days. They beat them a couple times, didn't they? They, did. they, they beat them in eighty, uh, eighty-five, and eighty-seven. I'm thinking yeah. off the top of my head, right? So the Jets, there you have it. The Jets couldn't win a period from the Oilers in the playoffs back then, but when they played Calgary, they fared well against them.
Mark, uh, we're trying to hit all our breaks because we're sold out here for the entire uh, playoffs. So uh, stay with me, and we'll get back to you at 135. But we're going to uh, head off at this time to a global news weather uh, traffic update and that is what happened to the script where where's is it david bowles i believe it's david bowles on uh, 6 30 chat oilers now with bob stoffer weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6 30 chad